Hi and welcome back to the first episode of Reading a Story from Inkit. I just uh, so told when on Inkit to find a new story and I thought, why not just start and record it and see how well it goes. I stumbled across one called Claws and Kisses by Elaine Gray and I'm um, uh, just read this description even though it's rated mature plus 18. I still think this is quite quite interesting oh i just got a notification oh that's amazing oh my new anime is released yes another episode that's so amazing uh <laughs> yeah i know i know uh the saint's magic power is omnipotent um omnipotent i can't even read right now but yeah it's i love when i get a notification of a new episode or a new anime coming out but yeah oh back to the story i get i think i get distracted quite a bit when i Reasoning about anime or fantasy. Oh, sorry, but well, I think this one, uh, this story about Lord Kisses by Langray is very interesting. I just read the description. I'm gonna read it. And if you don't like it, you can always skip and go to the next episode. <clears throat> First part. You're not safe here, he said, voice deadly serious. You're not safe with me. Despite the situation, I found myself scoofing. When was a human when has a human ever been safe with a dragon? Seriously. Yeah. Well, when seven years old Wendy saves a young dragon from the brink of death, earning his curiosity and attention in the process. As war raids and the dragon gains control over the land, Wendy grows up with her newfound friend, Evil. After tragedy strikes, however, Wendy and her brother decide to leave home and Wendy's childhood friend. Eight years later, dragons once again threaten Wendy's life. She is forced to travel back to Avil's horde, when she learns her brother has been taken and enslaved. Only when she returns to her homeland, things are not as easy as they once were. The young dragon boy who grew up who she grew up with has grown up to, and she and is now more arrogant and powerful than ever. Oh, she's reading something, an important new. Well, hello, my love. For all of you returning, welcome back. And for everyone else, welcome to Claw and Kisses. Thank you so much for checking this book out. I hope you enjoy every minute of this story. Oh, before you start reading, please let me give a quick disclaimer. This book has been put on hold the last few months, roughly since the beginning of April to mid-July 2019, for a couple of reasons. The first being that I simply did not have the time, energy, or willpower to write a new chapter every week. While this has certainly changed, I came back to, uh, to continue writing this book, only to find that, well, to put it short and sweet, it needs heavy editing. Tongue cap... Truck, bulldozer, wrecking ball, kind of editing. Oh, she have cracked the humor. Nice. So, before you start reading, please note that there's gonna be a lot of editing going on. Not only editing, but fresh, newly written chapters that need to be inserted. And yes, editing also get rid of some scenes. That means some chapters might be out of place, look different than the last time you saw them, and so on. While this book is under construction, please keep in mind that if something doesn't look right, it's okay. It will be fixed, pinky promise. <laughs> I do not know how long time this will take, but I will post a new update on my wall when I'm satisfied 
satisfied with all the changes. As for continuing continuing the story, there will be some few some new chapters. But for the majority, I will be spending most of my time editing until it's otherwise complete. For those of you coming back, I encourage you to reread. There is going to be a lot more content and fresh captures for you to glance over. Uh, familiarize yourself with the new story before continuing with the new chapters. Note. New chapters uh, throughout the story will have uh, a stereotypic story, I think. Oh, yeah. Uh, to the new title, to the titles, so you, the reader, will know that it's not a part of the last draft of the story. Edited chapter, edited chapters, will read edited zero to a zero, uh, with a date as they were edited. If they have neither, they have not been fixed yet. I love you all and thank you for every and thank. You every day for the support all of you have been showing this book, even with the hiatus. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Enjoy, Elaine. Oh my God, this is amazing! This app gives you possibilities to create your own stories and publish them. I think she's very, very well written. I I know my English is not perfect, but she's goddamn good. She's used a lot of perfect commas, and I'm very, very excited to read this story now. How many of you even read those, you know, very important part the orders usually put up? Sometimes I have a tendency to skip it, but yeah. Let's get ready to the first story. First chapter. First chapter, A Roar in the Winter. <clears throat> the beast was at the size of a, the Juruji Mountains, Lennox, one of the hunters beloved. His teeth were as long as sharp as a dagger. The horn atop his head curled like a half moon in the air, wickedly curved as the ski were its enemies. It wings spawned the width of the entire village twice over. At this point, the mischievous hunter was beginning to draw attention. In the dimly lit space of the common room, a few of the younger heads began to turn in his direction. Like curious puppies, they begin to sh- slink towards Lennox, intrigued by his tail. They do not pay attention to the other older, more experienced hunters, who begin to shake their heads at the fool-headed man. Spurred on the ground, growled. Lennox leaned forward on his chair and dramac- dramatically whispered. In his eyes... Where like liquid fire, crimson red, they shove, burning with a thirst, a thirst for blood, human blood. Now even a few of the older kids started to draw toward him, unable to help their own curiosity. Rumors of the dragon being hunted had been whispered about all the day in the village. It was easy to see the question in the children's eyes. Was Was Lennox really telling the truth? Has a dragon actually entered the mist? East of his scale, we're black as the Earl of Hell's white coast. Ay, the skin with malice and hunger. As the hu- as us hunger to close, it rode into the night, as if calling the other dragons for help. Lennox shirked his, shook his head mockingly as he continued. Alas, 
Even the bloody beast knew it was too late at this point. Ohandos quickly took charge. The bravery of the fellow countrymen, fathers, brothers, sons, was like no others. The sheer heroism and courage were to place this day. Lennus, now standing tall among the room full of people, incessantly spoke of the dragon, and the men of her village gesturedly, wildly, and capturing his audience with the story of a lifetime. His eyes were bright, and his voice was steady, and she talked, never once forwarding, faulting. My twin and I watched in the corner from the room under the watchful eye of Clyde. I sat comfortably on the floor with my back against his leg, leaning my head against his knee. Every time he spoke, I could feel as his leg bound slightly with each word. Someone should tell this wee one that brave Lennox served as the light squire. I peered, peered behind, peered behind me to see Clyde talking lowly to another man, sitting in a chair not far from our table. I recognized him as one of my father's hunters, but I could not place his name. This man nodded, a small smile playing on the edge of his lip. In a soft voice, he replied, Aye, he's a right scunner. My brother Red shared a secret smile with me, amused because of Clyde, and the older hunter were amused. Aline closed against Clyde's leg, eager to hear what he had to say about Lennox. His hand landed on top of my head, and he began to absent-mindedly stroke my hair as he spoke. I don't know if the laird will much like the boy bleeding about the dragon, Clyde mused, his eyes on Lennox, who was talking and gesturing for all his worth. Clyde took one large ring and his tankard before saying, I wonder where this light is going come around. This lad will surely be ridden then. The old hunter laughed, laughed, tipping his drink toward Clyde with an awning smile. <laughs> Aye, right. At this moment, the door to the common room swung, o- swung open. A swarm of men crowded into the room, laughing, laughing and talking obnoxiously loud. They were dressed in hunting gear, armed and armed to the teeth and strapped down with leather and armor. Their woolen clothes swept across the floor as they called for a round of strings, each of them finding their respective seats. From the middle of the throng of hunters, Light Norris emerged. He was a large man to be sure. His shoulders stretched with a sizable width as he st- and he stood about, out among the many men, one of the tallest in the village. His curly black hair was pulled away from his face in a loaf bun, but a few few stray hairs managed to slip out and fray around his head. He wore a fur coat like the rest of the hunters, as well as a pair of fine leather boots. Around his neck hung a heavy silver chain, to which was attached an intricately cut ember stone. Symbolic of his distinguished rank, Clyde whistled. Speak of the devil. The lad was conversating with the hunters when he walked in, but his eyes soon found Lennox in the front of the room, surrounded by a host of children. 
Lennox froze at the sight of the man, his arm lowered from where he had been gesturing, and his mouth slowly closed as he met the layered eyes. Quickly, Lennox bowed to him, murmuring the word of greeting. My father stepped toward Lennox, his hand on the pommel of his long sword. No one but Red and I noticed the smile behind the layered eyes. To everyone else, including Lennox, he probably appeared as a terrifying giant. His reputation spoke for. I watch, enraptured as the laird said, "What's going on here?" Lennox stretches, intrigued, indeed looking ready, as Clyde has said he would. My light laird, he began. I, I was simply telling the wee ones. The day triumph, the dragons may be not be alive. No one saw the bow, bowing thing die. Light, Norris glares on Lennox. There was no great triumph today. The young hunter swallowed. Of course, my light. I, I was just saying. I, light Norris interrupted. What were you saying, lady? From my father's tone of voice, it was clear that the conversation was to an end. Lennox, blushing scarlet, hurriedly murdered an apologies and scurried out of the room. The names Dunderhide and Numpty followed him out the door out the door as soon as he was gone. The laird hopped off of his seat and commented to drink for the tonight for the night. My eyes followed. Laird Norris the entire time as he walked to his seat. I desperately wanted to rush to his side, but I would have to wait until he called for me and read himself. As the Clyde could feel my dampered spirit, he began to rub my back smoothly, still speaking lowly to the man at the table next to us. Lennox is all gallus until there is a real problem to be dealt with, the old hunter said. The lad bleaches on, and until there is an actually threat, and then he goes on for a downer. He is vain, still not yet a man. Clyde nodded. Aye. The common room quickly fell silent. Quickly felt silence. At last, Lad Norris stood up once more, a tank card now on his hand. He took a great gulp from the cup before slamming it down on the table and announcing, "What you all heard." Was right. A dragon was seen today. A hunter struck down it for miles and endured it a great deal. Before we made the final kill, it flew off. It may or may not be dead, nevertheless, without it again for tomorrow. And bring its head back on a platter. He paused to grab his tank card one more and lifted it to the rest of the room solidarily. Tonight, will it drink? The man cheered. Tank were tripped back to the common room, settling once more for a low hum of rational leather and baldy talk. Clyde and the old hunter keep conversation, conversation about us, but all Red and I could focus on was father. I was beginning to doubt whether he would want to speak to us at all. Red turned to me with a whole smile, doing his best to appear in some, somewhat a good spring. Did you you hear what they're saying? There's gonna be another hunt 
Tomorrow, suppose father will let me gang with them. I shook my head. My eyes still on father. I haven't have a clue. He looked back and forward between me and where father sat. With a sign, he put his hand on my knee and gently said, Don't waste your time wishing for... Red! The loud bark echoed throughout the room. More than a few heads turned to glance at Laird Norris. His head was still hung low over his drink, but his order rang clear as a bell. As the very gods have commanded Red to their side, he scrambled up from the floor and raced to the Laird. He just as quickly bowed and chirped, Father! The Laird slung her arm around his son's shoulders and drew him close to his side. Red listened wholeheartedly as father whispered in his ear, his fingers gripping the young boy's arm. After a moment, Red was released, let done talking. Red bowed once more before excitedly running off, back to where Clyde and I sat. Clyde's hand came down on my shoulder as we watched Red make his way toward us. He squeezed gently, conveying his silent sympathies. He did not voice he did not need to voice his concern. I knew he was worried about what father had told Red. I wanted to be the kind of girl who could brush off his hand and his sympathies and tell him that he need not to be worried because I was strong and I was fierce. I did not need pity. Yet Red drew closer, his eyes bright and his smile wide. I could only curl closer against Clyde's legs, taking comfort in his solid warm touch. Dee, you never believe what father just told me. Tell me right now, Red dropped to the floor next to me, his shoulder bumping against mine from the glimmer in his eyes. I, I knew what father told him, and I did not where to hear it. I don't want to hear it, Red. But Red was already dr- talking, drowning out my words. Father had asked me to gang, asked me to gang on the hunt with him and the others tomorrow. I would be hunting the dragon, the dragon. He did not notice the tears that sprang into my eyes, or the way that my shoulders began to tremble with silent sobs. Red just kept talking about the dragon, how he will be the one to kill it. I did not hear him, however. I was caught. I was too caught up in my own head. Why did father not ask me to go on the hunt? I knew that hunting was a man's job, but I thought since I was the lad's daughter, it would not matter. The lad was the lad. If he ordered me to go on the hunt, no one would object, right? As I looked across the room, my at my brawly brutish father, I know in my heart. That he would never allow me, or any other girls at the village, for that matter, to go on a hunt with them. It did not matter that he was the laird. He didn't want me on the hunt. I glanced back at my brothers, tearly-eyed. He only wanted Red, not me. Sh- shoving Clyde's hand off my shoulder, I angrily clamped at my f- on my feet. Red uh, surely stopped talking and lowered his hand to his side. Confused, he asked. Hey, where are you going, Dee? Even Clyde leaned forward on his seat, in his seat. Lass, where are you going? None of the drunk men or the giggling t- children in the common room noticing, 
Notice I was storming out of the door and into the cold clutches of winter. I lingered only a second in the doorway, listening to my father's footsteps as he, or his cries to come back. Listening for my father's footsteps or his cries to come back, I waited one, two, three seconds before the door to the common room banged open. My heart soared in my chest. He did care, only it wasn't father at the door. Red stood in the entryway, his cloak bound tightly around his body. He had to shout over the high whistle of the icy wind for his word to reach my ears. Wendy, why did you leave? He squinted at my face, streaked with tears, he frowned. And why are you out here crying? Come back inside, near the fire. As soon as my heart soared, it whisked to the ground, deflating and worn out. I threw my hood over my head and yelled, Leave me be, Red. I don't want to talk to you. His brow furious. He did not understand my tears or my anger. Still, he shouted back, What did I say? Wendy, I, I thought you would be happy for me. I pulled my cloak tighter around me and began to walk away in my earnest now. Disappointment clogged my throat, make it in, making it impossible to speak, especially to Red of all people. He could only watch as I lumbered through the snow, back to a house on the other side of the village. I thought I heard Clyde calling out for me, but when I looked back, there was no one there. I was left alone in the cold. Save the stars and the snows and the tears. Stupid brother, I muttered, kicking the ice stuck to the ground as I walked. Stupid father, stupid Clyde! I kicked the snow, sending sheets of white powder raining down around my feet. Angry tears continued to roll down my cheek with ferocity as I whispered. Stupid hunter, stupid Lennox, stupid... Somewhere far away, a deafening roar rose like a smoke through the frigid night. It reverberated through the village and the mountain beyond, like a raging thunder in terror. I froze in the middle of the stone path, looking around wildly at the other hunts for sight of life. Certainly someone else would have heard it, right? The roar came once more. Thunder out and bold before fading into a whisper in the distance. Nothing more. But as I looked around, I realized how late the hour was and how everyone, besides those still drinking in the common room, has undoubtedly gone to bed a long time ago. No one had heard the roar. That means no one knew what I knew. The dragon was still alive. I look forward to the forest where the roar has come from. A terrible, horrible idea came to mind. However, however, the more I thought about it, the more I grew to like it. Father, Red, and the hunters would set out for the dragon tomorrow. Intent of killing, intent of killing the beast. They bring back its head on a platter. Just like father has promised, but 
If there were snubbies to kill, they will not be able to bring a tat back. My heart pounded in my chest as I made a final quick decision. I will go to the forest, to the dragon, and I will save it. Oh, there's a little order note. Let's read it. The new first new first chapter. So excited to see what you guys think of all the new edits and captures that's coming out. I thought that adding this for the previous chapter first the previous first chapter scene was important. Looking back uh, at the book so far, I noticed that one of the things I wanted to change was some of Wendy's backstories and childhood scenes. More importantly, I wanted to introduce Rat much earlier in the book than previously. As well as look at her father and what kind of parent she was. Please let me know what you guys think of Lad, Noise and Clyde. Alright, that's all for today folks. I hope you enjoyed I hope you enjoyed and are excited about the upcoming adventures, Elaine. Oh my god. I really just about, just think about it. This is but like an intro to the first chapter. I really love it. Even though I seriously, seriously need to train my my reading ability. It was actually quite fun. I enjoyed this way more than I ever would. You know what? I'm 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 just gonna like this book and save it to my library. I think I'm gonna do that. It looks like the next chapter is called Rack and Talk, but I guess that's for another day. I hope you guys like it and please please remember Whatever weird idea you have, or whatever weird thing you're doing, reading, anime, fantasy, whatever, you're not alone. Until next time, hey!